Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome back to episode 15 of Real Talk with Olivia Carr. Today is International Mental Health Day, and I thought it would be timely to record um, an episode today to share with everyone, maybe more of an in-depth version or story or insight into my personal journey with mental health. I will start by saying that today is educational only. I share my story as my personal story. If you are struggling, if anyone you know is struggling, this episode absolutely does not replace any medical advice or support. And I really encourage anyone who is struggling or isn't feeling okay to reach out, to speak to friends, to see a doctor, to see a counsellor to ring Lifeline um, or to just seek support um, that suits your situation. So let's jump into it. World Mental Health Day, my gosh. Um, I was reflecting on this day this morning whilst making breakfast and I was thinking to myself, isn't it interesting that we have a day, you know, to talk about or to maybe bring awareness to mental health, but I honestly feel um, personally that it should be something that we talk about a lot more often Um, than, you know, a couple of times a year. It's not to discount, you know, how important days like today are, but I just really feel that particularly with mental health um, and how many people are going through mental health of some degree that I think this is, you know, something that I really encourage um, more and more people to be brave and to to talk about. So I'm going to share, I guess, more about I've I've obviously I'm a very huge advocate for talking about mental health so I know I've shared bits and pieces on my Instagram um, I've probably done a blog post about it I've talked about it in interviews but I really want to try today and whilst sharing this reflect on when I really started to notice mental health I know when I talk um, in interviews I often say it's 2017 I think 2017 was definitely the moment for me where anxiety entered my life, which is obviously a mental health illness. But I was really thinking this morning, you know, I think mental health definitely affected my life a lot earlier and perhaps I just wasn't aware of the fact that it was, um, you know, a mental health illness. So I went right back to when I was uh, 20 and had just given birth to my daughter um, and Actually, a couple of years ago, I was doing a podcast interview with the ladies from Lady Brains, the podcast, and it was the first time ever that um, I had ever really talked about postnatal depression or realizing that I'd had postnatal depression because honestly, 21 years ago, nobody talked about it or certainly nobody in my circle talked about it. I was a super young mum, so it just wasn't something that I was even aware of. I just don't think it was mainstream and... It wasn't until years later when I, you know, would be on social media and I'd hear mums, you know, a few years ago talking about having, you know, thoughts or what they were going through that I was starting to realise, oh my goodness, that's exactly how I felt all those years ago. But of course, I just didn't have a label, I guess, or didn't have an understanding of what it was. And it was during this podcast interview with Lady Brains that we ended up getting really, really deep. I remember they came out to my office and was meant to be like a one hour interview. I think they ended up being here for about four hours and I was in tears. They were in tears. We got really deep. It was super vulnerable. Um, Yeah. And I ended up sharing a lot about the thoughts that I had had when my baby was little, Um, you know, and scary thoughts. There were thoughts where, you know, I remember sharing um, one time driving in the car with my baby and thinking that I wasn't, you know, able to do this and 
And, you know, at that particular time, I was having suicidal thoughts. So it was obviously a very, very dark um, moment for me. And again, if this podcast is triggering anything in anyone, I really, really, really strongly urge and encourage you to speak up and be brave and get help because it is out there. And I'm telling this story 21 years later. So I did work through it. um, But I really um, encourage you if this is triggering anything in you that you really you know, strongly seek the support and guidance that you need. Back to that interview, the irony um, was that they actually lost that um, recording or, or something had happened that day and they lost all of our conversation. So they came back out and, you know, we redid, or I think I went out and saw them and we redid the interview and, and that never aired. And I was thinking about that this morning and I was like, wow, you know, that is probably where my mental health journey um, really began was being a young mum you know, sleep deprivation is huge. Um, I know a lot of, I think I was reading something the other day that, I don't know, the statistics are as high as nine out of 10 um, new mums struggle with baby blues, which is, um, I think it normally comes in when your milk starts to come in and and it's all the hormone imbalances. And then I think it was something like 13% of new mums um, will develop postnatal depression. And that is where it's, I think they were saying where it's, it lasts more than can't remember if it was six weeks or six months and then it's um develops more into a mental health illness I truthfully because it was so long ago I cannot remember how I worked my way through it I think I I I honestly don't know it was so long ago um but that was honestly where my earliest kind of memories of having ever experienced any kind of dark moments with my mental health I'm sure along the way, um, you know, I can't wait to get into um, sharing more about relationships and my journey and my experiences with relationships over my 41 years. But I am sure somewhere along the way um, with different relationships that I've had um, during my life that there would have been some elements of mental health and mental health, um, you know, is is such a big topic and it does really cover a lot of, um, you know, different I guess, illnesses or, you know, things like depression or even self-worth can fall into mental health. Um, You know, there's eating disorders that can fall into mental health. There's just so much anxiety, stress. There's a lot of things that it covers, but I'm sure over my last kind of 41 years, I would have experienced um, different elements of, you know, mental health to some degree um, during that time. But when I talk mostly about my mental health, it is because um, since 2017 mental health has probably been more present in my life. Um, It is something that currently today, you know, October 2022, it's something that I'm really aware of. I've probably accepted it a lot more. I don't resist it. So it's something that I now would say that I am for the most part able to manage um, as opposed to, you know, a few years ago or even a year ago. I was still very much in a resistance mindset. I, it was something that I was trying to, I guess, overcome would be the, the word that I would use. And I don't know that, um, well, for me personally, I don't know that overcoming mental health is or should be my expectation. It is an illness. Um, it is something that you can definitely manage. And it's something that I have had a lot of um, help and, you know, with complete transparency, I'm, I'm happy to share today that I'm now about to start um, my therapy again with, and this is not sponsored, um, but a, a program, it's not a program, it's a service that I use called My Mirror. 
Um, it's online counselling. I love that service. It works for me because it's um, available 21 hours a day, seven days a week. So it's super easy to get an appointment with a psychologist. You can choose your own psychologist based on what your needs are. I was using them last year and at the beginning of this year um, and I am going to choose a different therapist this time because my needs are slightly different at the moment. Um, I have no shame in saying that I seek therapy or that I use um, therapy as one of my mental health tools. It is really powerful. Again, anyone with mental health will know that um, there are many, many tools that you can use um, as part of your daily coping um, strategies. And therapy is one of, I would think, the most effective. Um, it can be costly. I usually do go to the doctor and get a mental health plan. They've changed the structure of mental health plan changed during COVID. I think they were, they'd changed it to up to, I think, 20 sessions you could get um, subsidised by the government. I need to go and relook at my mental health um, plan from the government. But for those that are interested or haven't even explored that, you simply make an appointment with your GP. They give you a questionnaire. It's something that um, you usually need like a longer appointment. It's something that your GP will then um, give you access to um, a series of therapy or counselling sessions that you can um, get subsidised by the government so that you're not having to pay out of pocket because unfortunately that can be one of the, um, I guess, obstacles with mental health is that people simply can't afford the therapy that they would like to have. So um, if you haven't done so, there is a mental health plan that you can reach out to your GP um, and ask for. Um, what am I going to be seeing my therapist about? Um, it's interesting because my journey that I've shared again since 2017 was mainly more panic attacks at the beginning. Um, I've shared a lot about that. So um, maybe have a look um, on my Instagram page. I am Olivia Carr, where I do talk more about my mental health. But I had historically, it had been, uh, you know, more panic attacks, a lot more um, anxiety, a lot more like physical anxiety, where it was, you know, a lot of my breathing, hard to regulate my breathing, um, sleep interruptions, um, you know, uh, just a lot of things like that. And then I think I've worked really hard over the last kind of five years, again, putting more tools into my, my backpack, as I call it, my mental health backpack, which is not a it's not a real backpack. It's a, uh, it's one in my mind that I, I pretend that I'm carrying around and I have different tools um, that I like to put in that backpack and I really um, love to share them. So I'll make sure I share them during this episode. But one of the interesting things that developed, and I was just talking to my daughter about this um, over the weekend, is mental health. I obviously don't know. I'm not a practitioner. I'm not a, I'm not a doctor. So I don't understand really um, the full uh, I guess, ins and outs of mental health, other than my own personal journey with it. But what's interesting for me is that my mental health can change. As I say, sometimes it was more I was experiencing, you know, panic attacks. And over the last year, and then I was getting social anxiety, um, which I still have um, to some degree. I had that, it was very heightened during COVID and post-COVID. Um, but what's interesting is that over the last definitely I would say about a year. Um, for me personally, it's developed more into some OCD-like tendencies or some obsessive um, thoughts. Um, examples would be um, sometimes I, if something's unfamiliar or maybe I haven't, um, well, I'll use an example. I went to Seven Sisters, um, which is a wellness festival on the weekend and 
I ordered a pizza. I was really excited to eat this pizza. And then the simple act of um, seeing somebody make the pizza and obviously we were out in paddocks and it was very muddy and it was, you know, we're in the country. So there was a lot of dirt around and this particular person making the pizza, her fingernails, unfortunately, were really kind of dirty because we were in the country and there was probably dust and there was just a whole lot of things. But my mind starts to really focus on that and I can't kind of let those thoughts go and then those thoughts kind of escalate into like, you know, for me, germs and bacteria and it takes the joy away from eating the food. This is something that's new for me. Um, I've never kind of experienced that type of thing before Um, and it's something that I don't really have any tools in my mental health toolkit right now to help me deal with these types of things. So that's why I'm going to be reaching out to a new, um, probably an OCD specialist on my mirror to help work through strategies. Um, and that's one example, but you know, for the last year it's been, there's been other things like, um, you know, I used to be a person that was really big into taking, um, supplements or trying new kind of superfoods, whether it be, I don't know, medicinal mushrooms or just any any new kind of wellness vitamins. I was really, really big and have, and I believe in them. Um, But again, over the last year, um, my, I guess I'm, I'm calling it OCD only because of the, the research that I've done into it. It's more of the obsessive part as opposed to the compulsive. So the obsessive is more the thoughts and the compulsive is more the actions. So I, in my case, and that's what I want to get more of an understanding of, I seem to have more of the thought related um, elements of OCD where my thinking can put me off things. So example, you know, with a new, um, I don't know, supplement that even a naturopath might prescribe me, I'm not able to actually take it because my thoughts start to kind of mess around and they start to freak me out and I start thinking, oh, what if I'm going to have a reaction? Or I don't know what this is going to do to me. And it just, it kind of, it's a lot. Um, whereas in the past I would, you know, a naturopath would prescribe something to me or not even, or I'd buy something, um, that I wanted to try from a health store and, and I would try it and everything would be fine. That's what's been a big change for me in the last year. And I'm sharing that because it's a new part of my mental health journey. Um, again, if any of this is triggering anything for anyone or you're listening to that and you're maybe hearing for the first time and, and you're relating to it, there is so much help out there. Um, I'm obviously not here to provide, you know, the help. I can only bring light to these type of things by sharing my journey. Um, But as I learn and develop more tools around this specific um, part of my mental health, I will definitely share things that work for me and, and things that I learn and develop over time. But coming back to my, um, so I am actually really looking forward to understanding more about that. Um, whereas again, a couple of years ago, I would probably um, kind of, I don't know, beat myself up about, um, you know, having things like that or feeling that way, or I would kind of just talk down to myself internally. I just really don't do that anymore. I think, oh, that's interesting that that's popped up. I understand it's probably well, it would be related to other elements of my anxiety. And I just really, really want to get an understanding and I want to use um, knowledge is power and I really want to use understanding what's going on for me as part of my recovery and part of my daily management. 
um, so that I can, yeah, learn to manage it like I have um, with my panic attacks. So I shared a a post recently on my Instagram around being brave and um, it was a picture of me on a flight um, with my mum and my son and actually one of the, if you slide to the second photo, one of the photos there was me using what I call um, ice therapy. It's probably not called that. It could be called cold therapy. I don't really know, but it's me playing with a cup of ice on my flight to Queensland. Um, the flight attendant was absolutely beautiful and she actually shared with me that I was not the first person on that flight that day to ask for a cup of ice um, to help with mental health. So that was kind of cool for me to realise that, you know, I'm not alone and you know, other people are using things like this to help them as well with their nerves or whatever it is. But essentially what that does for me, and I, I learned this one when I was seeing my therapist last year when I was having panic attacks, that using like ice blocks or holding ice cubes in my hand um, really allows me to, or it allows my brain um, to focus more on the sensation of the ice and the coldness and the, the kind of feeling in my hand. And it gets me focusing on that as opposed to... Um, I guess, continually thinking about whatever it is that I'm thinking about. It's been a really, really effective kind of coping strategy for me um, in those moments where I am like on a plane and I really just need to be able to be as calm as possible in that scenario. So um, it was, yeah, I used it all the way from Melbourne to Queensland. So it's a two and a half hour flight. And on the way home, I didn't need to use it. So um, which is neither good nor bad. It's just interesting that, you know, one flight I, I needed it and one flight I didn't. And that's probably a really good, it's a really good example of mental health is that you can be doing the same thing literally a couple of days apart and one, you might experience some mental health, some anxiety, some stress, some overwhelm, panic attacks, and you could do the same thing a couple of days later and there will be nothing um, I could be at a festival and not eat the pizza and then a couple of days later I may not have noticed and, and or I may have noticed and it may not have bothered me and I might have been able to eat the pizza. So there's there's no, what I would like to say, like there's no like strong logic to it. There's no consistency sometimes. Um, and again, if you can understand that and accept that, then it does make it a lot easier. Um, I had another example on Friday night where I have just started um, eating indoors again and that comes down to my social anxiety um, post-COVID where I'm, I still don't completely understand and I don't know if I ever need to understand why, um, you know, things for me with my social anxiety kind of got to the point that they did where I literally, you know, wasn't able to eat inside for a really long time but I'm now able to actually eat inside and um, Friday night I you know, made an early booking. We got there pretty early. The restaurant was fairly empty. I, I hadn't been to this restaurant before, so I wasn't sure if it was going to be busy. Um, but I thought I'll, I'll get there early just to make sure that, you know, I can be as comfortable as possible. I genuinely wasn't sure how I would go. I um, My preference would still truthfully be to eat outdoors, but in Melbourne, it's just not always possible because it's either raining or it's cold or whatever it is. Anyway, so I sat inside and I think our booking was at 5.45 and then by about maybe 6.30, um, it was just getting very overwhelming for me. The restaurant was really full. It was really busy. Um, the food was delicious. Uh, I think that's 
for me, there's still elements where I'm like, I feel a little bit sad because I was genuinely really loving the food. I was loving the environment, but I was just really, really uncomfortable. Um, And I found myself, I was no longer able to really be present. I wasn't able to really enjoy my meal anymore because I was so focused on how busy it was. And I started to feel the more and more people that came in, I was feeling elements of um, I guess I was, it's, it's bizarre to explain it like this, but I felt like, like the room was kind of closing in on me. It felt, um, it, it felt a lot. Now I'm just so, um, proud of myself for how far I've come with this journey. I was able to openly, you know, share to my partner that it was too much and I needed to leave. Um, and I, I, you know, allowed him to stay there and and finish. I didn't want anyone else to have to, you know, to leave. It wasn't about that. It was um, just that I needed to remove myself from the situation. So I went outside, I went for a walk, um, I got some air and I started to almost instantly feel better. And then I shared it on my Instagram because um, those of you that follow me will know that I genuinely love to share all the moments in my life that I think can help others as opposed to just you know, the things that are going well. It's about sharing as much of of the whole picture as I can. So I had been out, I don't know, I'd I'd been out in a restaurant um, only, you know, a week or so before and and that didn't happen. So that's what I'm saying. There's there's not really much logic to it. I can't really explain why it happens at some points and not others. Um, And I don't really know that I really need to work that out. All I can do is be honest with people, is do what I need to do at that particular time. And if it, and if it means I need to remove myself from a situation, from a dinner, from a lunch, from an event, um, if I need to say no to something, um, even the fear of letting others down, I need to do that. I did that recently. Um, you know, I had to let a, a really dear friend down for his 50th birthday. I, I couldn't attend. It just was one of those moments where I just couldn't do it. Um, But I think the more and more we can just be open and honest and share with people what our needs are, what's going to make us feel good, what's what's also not making us feel good, um, we just really need to honour and respect ourselves. We need to be kind. We need to be gentle to ourselves. We need to love ourselves. We need to not beat ourselves up about mental health. Um, I truly believe that one of the, um, one of many few um, maybe silver linings to come out of the global lockdowns and the health pandemic was that I think it's really given people an opportunity to really understand and connect with um, what others are going through and it's opened up a lot more dialogue about general well-being of people, how people are feeling. I mean you don't need to have mental health to be having you know periods you can you can simply just be going through you know some challenging times but I think people have become so much better at listening to others, asking how they are, starting the conversation, supporting each other, um, you know, adapting to situations to just be more mindful of what people's needs are. So now I will close out by saying um, I promised I was going to share some of the things that are in my mental health um, backpack. And I did do a podcast interview with um, EQ Minds. So I would suggest you also head over and check that out where we did talk a a bit more about my journey and my mental health. But I did share in that as well some of my, the things that I use in my mental health um, backpack. So what are some of the things? So 
Again, I think one of the things I shared on that podcast is I don't use these daily. Um, I don't use all of them all the time. I might might not use any of these anymore and I'm always adding new things. So for me, there is, um, I'll start with the one that I really, really love. Um, and you might wonder how this is a tool, but for me, it comes back to doing things or having things in my backpack um, or around me that make me feel good. So shout out to Loco Love, um, who are a refined, vegan, sugar-free um, chocolate company. And this is not sponsored, but they have become my daily pleasure. Um, I indulge in one of their chocolates pretty much daily, if not minimum five days a week. Um, now, full disclaimer, they are an expensive um, chocolate because they're clean and they've got, you know, high ingredients and a lot of them have good things in them like ashwagandha, which is good for stress and, and all the rest of it. So for me, that's just something that is in my toolkit because it's something that I really look forward to. It's like a, f- a small moment of joy and pleasure in my day. They make me feel good. Um, I won't get into all the benefits, but they're made full of cacao, which um, is a superfood anyway. Um, other things are sleep. Sleep has been an, a huge one for me. I now wear an aura ring. Um, to I was wearing a Garmin, but I don't feel that their sleep function is as accurate. You know, it's more of a fitness watch. So I switched to aura. Um, but sleep has been a huge one for my mental health. I've really, really kind of been very strict on my sleep routine for I want to say over a year now where I have a consistent um, time that I go to bed we turn the lights off um, I only use a soft lamp at night um, you know anytime from uh, around about kind of 6 30 I switch all the lights off and and just have a soft lamp going Um, yeah stick to a strict time for bed Um, I have a like an aura lamp in my room that has like a beautiful kind of pinky red tone um try not to use my screen I have now used the all the functions that they offer on an iPhone where it locks now it locks I can't remember what the function is but it actually locks all of my apps um I think it's at 9 30 every night um yes you can unlock them but it's kind of annoying because you need to do every one one by one I have a consistent wake time so I don't use an alarm anymore but I I now wake with um the sun so when the sun's rising is the time that I naturally like to wake up. So that's another um, tool that's in my toolkit. Um, Meditation is huge. So I've been meditating every night before bed for, gosh, a couple of years now. I used to meditate in the morning as well, Um, full transparency. I haven't done that now for, gosh, probably maybe two months. And that is something that I definitely um, will look to to bring back because this is the other thing with uh, some of the things that I found with mindfulness is that sometimes when we're in a space where we're starting to feel a lot better we can let a lot of our daily ritual go Uh, and I know a few years ago when I stopped meditating completely my anxiety came back Um, so it's really important that they become part of your daily ritual now yes I still meditate at night but I think the morning meditation for me it's very different to my nighttime my nighttime's always like a sleep version of a meditation it's usually drifting off to sleep with gratitude or something like that that I use my calm app Um, but my morning ones used to be more about setting my day up so they're usually shorter so usually like 10 minutes or under but it was just a really good way to start the day and I was actually really strict with that and I'm not to be fair I don't actually know why um, I stopped doing that so I will make sure to add that back in because it is super super important meditation has been the most consistent tool that I've had in my tool um, kit for many years. 
Um, a hot bath. Um, a hot bath is a beautiful, beautiful tool that you can have in your toolkit. There is something, again, it's a bit like what I was saying before with the cold therapy and the holding the ice. There's something magical about um, being in water that does help with any feeling of kind of anxiety. Um, yeah, it's another sensation that can really help. Um, but I understand that sometimes when we're in the middle of maybe having a panic attack that hopping in a bath is not, it doesn't feel um, naturally like what we want to do, but trying to have baths regularly can be another really good one. Getting outside and walking, for me, I'm a huge nature person. Um, there's something really grounding about being at the park or in the woods or by a river or at the beach. Um, reconnecting to nature is is a massive, massive, massive tool that you can have in your toolkit. And I hope what you're hearing is that majority of the tools um, that are in my toolkit, they don't actually cost money. So it's not like you need to invest money. Now, sure, my therapy, which is another tool in my toolkit, that that is an investment, but that is also um, healthcare. And it's part of, you know, it's, it's part of, you know, just like if you were sick and you had to see, I don't know, a physio or you had to see a chiro, it's kind of part of that. So that's part of my um, yeah, my medical expenses. Um, organic food is a big one. That's, um, that can be pricey, um, sadly, but I've started going to more farmer's markets, um, and just buying the food that I need. So if you're just buying less, but good quality food, that can be a big one. I have been eating organic now, I think since about May, and I've noticed a huge difference, um, particularly around my anxiety. So I had done a lot of research um, with the correlation of organic food and mental health and the whole gut health. Um, and or I have personally noticed a huge difference um, since switching to a mainly organic um, diet. Um, tea, herbal teas are massive. They're another tool in my toolkit. I drink a lot of chamomile tea. I drink a lot of kind of calm, relaxing teas. Um, I don't drink caffeine, so that would be, it's not a tool in my toolkit, but I cut caffeine out years ago because um, for someone that is, um, you know, maybe f dealing with anxiety, having stimulants is not conducive um, to to feeling anxious anyway, so I cut that out. I I never really planned to cut out alcohol, but I did a cleanse in May of 2021 for 100 days leading into my 40th birthday where I cut out sugar, I cut out, uh, so I cut out refined sugar, processed sugar, I cut out alcohol, I cut out a whole lot of things and introduced a lot of good things. And it was really interesting because during that detox, I thought the one thing I'd be looking forward to was alcohol. And I can honestly say I've probably drunk maybe, I've had a drink maybe five or six times in gosh, nearly a year and a half now. Um, it's just not something that for whatever reason, my body's just not really like it's not really wanting it anymore. Um, and I find that when I do have it, I get a, a really, really terrible headache the next day, even if I've only had half a glass. So I don't know if that's the sugar because I also cut out refined sugar and haven't had that now since May of 2021 either. So um, I'm not a no to alcohol. It's just I have cut it out and I am sure that that's had a significant impact on my mental health as well. Um, what else is in my toolkit? Um, lots of music. I use music as a big tool. So I have different playlists and I find that for me, um, if I'm maybe feeling a little flat or maybe even if I'm just feeling good, I put on music. I like to dance. I like to move. Um, movement can be a really good way to kind of shake energy in the body. 
I have other tools like sage and crystals. Crystals I've been using for many years. Um, and again, it will depend on how regularly I use them. But I, I was going through a time where I would be holding a crystal all day, every day for months. Um, it really, again, it kept, it made me feel grounded. Um, it connected me to something. It gave me something to think, you know, to think about as opposed to thinking about other things. Um, I use oils. So I guess anything to do with the senses. So, you know, something that smells beautiful. Um, I like to look at beautiful things and that's usually where nature comes in. Um, I like to taste things, which is either the chocolate or the tea. Um, yeah. So I think anything that has to do with our senses can be really good tools to help with mental health, drinking a lot of water, um, at, you know, feeling hydrated or, or not feeling dehydrated is, is a really big one. Reading, I read a lot. Um, I read a lot of books uh, and, and they're not about mental health, but they're usually books that I find inspiring or that allow me to, you know, I've talked about this book before, but um, Stop Playing Safe was a really good book that actually specifically did help me with, with fear and with my anxiety and control and whatever else. Um, so books can be a really good aid. Um, what else? I mean, there's quite a lot there, um, that I've shared. So they're, they're just, um, you know, a lot of the, the tools that I use daily for mental health. I will close out by saying, um, once again, that if you are, if this episode has triggered anything in you, if it's, um, you know, if you're, if you're maybe it's, it's got you curious or you're thinking about things or it's got you reflecting on things or you're maybe just feeling a little unsure. Um, what I mentioned before, it's called My Mirror. It's an online counselling tool. There are so many um, services. I would honestly start by a chat with your GP if you're feeling like you need help. Um, if you are going through mental health, I am sending love um, and remember to send love to yourself be so kind to yourself. This is a, a journey. It's not something that, um, you know, there's, there, none of us know, you know, how long it takes to get to the destination or, you know, like I said before, we're not really trying to overcome this or beat it. We're trying to manage it and accept it. Um, so just be really kind to yourself on this journey. Try your best not to be afraid um, to speak up. Um, and if it's not someone that you know, please, please um, speak to a professional for help because people are out there sending love to everyone. Once again, it is World Mental Health Day. So maybe check in on someone, someone you haven't heard of. Um, and again, the stigma um, that still exists with mental health is it's, not of, it's often not the people who look like they're struggling that are struggling. It can be fully functioning, happy humans in your life. So just reach out to, to loved ones and, and a friend today and check in with each other. Sending love to all. Bye.